This is Nick and Matt Jackson, the Young Bucks. We will refuse to shake your hands, but check out ROHCast at ROHworld.com. Dorks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a very special episode of ROHCast. It's episode 60, believe it or not. My name's Harry. I'm the web designer and co-owner of ROHworld.com. And uh, just for now, I'm joined with the other co-owner and the editor of the website, Stephen. Hi, everyone. And uh, we're, we're about to be joined by the Young Bucks, who recently left Ring of Honor. Their one-year deal expired uh, at the start of October. So we're going to talk to them all about their latest run, talk about you know why they left Ring of Honor, are they, any plans to go back, you know what are their plans for the future. So uh, we hope you enjoy the interview, and uh, yeah, we'll find out all about what happened with the Young Bucks. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm here with Stephen, as always, and we're joined by two very special guests, the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson are here. Guys, thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for having us. Good to be here. So uh, we've got quite a lot of questions to sort of get through. We've got some from fans and some of our own, so we might as well... uh, We'll start things off with a a simple, light-hearted question from uh, your good friend, TJ Perkins. He wants to know, he says, what did they have for breakfast? Also, what did I have for breakfast? Man, go ahead, Nick. You want you want to start this one off? This is this is a tough one. So if you want to, oh man, I didn't have anything. Really? That's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. It's the most important meal of the day. No, I'm, I'm yeah, not I didn't eat talk. anything. I uh, I'm a big coffee guy, so I had two giant cups of coffee, and then uh, I had. Uh, honey nut Cheerios, uh, which is not very—I uh, mean, if, it's not—it's not really the protein that I need, but uh, it's okay calorie-wise. That, that's about it. Uh, I was up all night with my daughter again, so that's, that's pretty much all I do—is drink coffee at this point in my life. Uh, <laughs> do any of you know what he had for breakfast? You, I'm sure to... <laughs> it was probably something like uh, a hard-boiled uh, egg, but only the whites. Uh, you can't eat the, the actual good part. The, you know, he's probably just eating the, the crappiest part. Um, <laughs> what else, Nick? We, we've been on the road with that guy, and he's like, he's crazy. Uh, tuna. Tuna. Cabbage. Packets of tuna. Uh, yeah. Packets of tuna right out of the out of the yeah. package on the floor. <laughs> uh, it's probably something uh, disgusting like that that he had for breakfast. Uh, I, I'm sure I, I'm, I'm pretty accurate with that. Well, yeah. that oh, yeah, for sure. I might have to ask him and see how accurate you were. <laughs> uh, so now we'll move on to sort of talk about We'll we'll start with the uh, the beginning of your current Ring of Honor run, the latest one. Um, you signed a, a one year deal last October, but for some reason you signed a, a one year deal around the same time as TJ Perkins. But there was no announcement about your sort of contract being signed. There was nothing on the website or Twitter. Do you know sort of why was there any sort of se- why, why the secrecy basically? Oh man, good question. <laughs> uh, we we have no clue because we thought. At that point, we were, uh, that was our hardest, the hottest we, we've been in our career, so we thought that we could have created some buzz knowing that we just signed a contract with them because we were just at a tryout with WWE a week prior before actually signing a contract, so I thought it would have created a lot of buzz mm. for the company, but we don't control any of that, so we, we had no clue why they didn't announce it, but hey, uh, what can you do, right? <laughs> It was really weird. It really was. Um, 
Yeah, we, very strange. We had known we were going to go back to Ring of Honor for quite some time. We we were unhappy at TNA, obviously, um, and we did that that New York shot where we worked Adam and Kyle for the first time. And at that point, uh, everybody, I mean, Hunter and Kerry at the time, Kerry wasn't really with the company, but he, he was still going to the shows a lot, and he was influential, I think. I don't think so much anymore. But uh, Hunter and Cornette especially, they came up to us, and they just said, listen, guys, we know you're under a deal, but, you know, if you guys ever get out of your deal or for when it expires, we want you guys so bad. Like, like we had a 20-minute, 30-minute talk about this, about how bad they want us, and uh, and we, we were unhappy. So, of course, we were like, wow, you know, these guys are really interested in us. It was really cool atmosphere there in new york so that kind of like was a really good selling point um and it was just it's that we felt like it was time to you know do something something new and uh and, and go back there you know and and they not to mention they also uh they said that we'd probably be doing at least six maybe eight shows a month with ring of honor so man the whole thing looked really pretty because at the time tna we just weren't making enough money and you know the reason we left we were like man we, we want to make more money we, let's, let's go here you know so <laughs> So we were really, really optimistic about the whole thing. And then right away, they didn't announce that we signed. So we figured, we were just like, okay, maybe they'll, they'll announce it next month. Well, maybe they'll announce it a month later. And then they just never announced it. I think it was just one of those things that slipped through the cracks. And like Nick said, it, w- it was a really hot point for us. Like there was a lot, we, were, we had a lot of buzz. And unfortunately, they, did, they didn't capitalize on that. You know, we were planning on, on cutting a big promo about how we quit TNA and we, we declined a, an offer from WWE and we chose Ring of Honor because Ring of Honor is the best. You know, it's the best company in the world. We thought that would be awesome. And, uh, you know, it didn't go that way, as everybody knows. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, that, that whole situation was really weird. And to this day, we don't know why they never uh, never announced it. It was, it was weird. Hmm. Um, before you actually signed your contract, you wrestled at Death Before Dishonored 9. I think it was a three-way tag match. Um, did Ring of Honor push you to sign a contract, or was it always the plan that you were going to sign? It was, it was always it was known. Like When we even went to WWE, we, had, we told uh, the entire office, don't worry, we're just going here to get some buzz, and we just wanted to hang out and see some friends. We're, we're signing with you guys. So they already knew we were with them. Hmm. Um, it, that was the plan. It was since... The time we went to New York, we wrestled Adam and Kyle. We knew we were signing with him. It was just a matter of time. Mm. Um, when you, you know, you, you first were signed, what was the initial plan, creative-wise? Was there anything sort of laid out for you? Um, Go ahead, Nick. Pro- probably the probably the, the deal with all the handshaking and whatnot. That was that was oh, really yeah. what, what was planned to do. Was just it, when it and it did happen, but we were just gonna pretty much roll with what happened with the Booker T incident and uh, see what happened, uh, see what would happen after that. So there wasn't really like a distinct plan with it, but it it was just to play off of what happened with Booker T and whatnot. So Mm. there there really wasn't a game plan, so to speak, but they they did. We knew we were coming in as bad guys. That's about it. Like (laughs) right away, we were going to be bad guys. I think that's all we really had. Like Nixon in the handshake. Yeah. We're going to see where it went, I guess. You'd assume that, you know, they, they signed you for a year, so they must have had some idea of what they wanted to do with you in some way, but perhaps they just didn't relay that to you. Who knows? But uh... Maybe, man. I don't know. Wrestling's a strange thing. Sometimes sometimes a lot of these guys have it planned out. Sometimes they, it's really organic, and you just roll the mm-hmm. punch and see who gets over. You listen to the audience. I don't know. Um, a lot of wrestlers, it, it's, it's funny. In every company I've ever worked for, the wrestlers are the ones left in the dark more than anybody. Like, we don't know anything, yeah. really, most of the time. 
And I don't know if that's because of social media and they think we're going to spoil things. They, they just don't – a lot of wrestling companies don't like to give out any type of information. They just don't leak it anymore. Uh, they're just really secretive about it, I guess. Like, or, or unless me and Nick are just like the only idiots that don't get told anything. <laughs> Everybody else knows everything. Yeah, but we never really know anything. Um, you know, when you did sign your contract, Ring of Honor had just started their new uh, TV show on SBG. Was this sort of a big factor in your decision to sign, you know, the prospect of being on TV possibly every week? Um, no, 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 I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, so. yeah, I, I wouldn't say that was a factor. Uh, mm. The main factor was we were sold on wrestling six to eight shows a month with a company that we've always wanted to work for, and that, that's pretty much what sold us on it because we were, we were promised we'd be wrestling a lot more than what we were doing on our TNA schedule, which pretty much turned out not to be true, but mm. that, right. the TV didn't really... The TV wasn't really the factor, I would say. Yeah, like, we had just been on Spike TV every Thursday, or, I mean, not every Thursday, but every other Thursday or whatever. And, you know, being on TV doesn't really mean anything to us anymore. I mean, it's it's exposure. Exposure is exposure. At this point, I think think everybody knows who we are, so I don't think it's about that anymore. It's about just building our brand. And, but most importantly, Nick and I, like, we were just starving, you know, we... We we wanted to find a better place to work. I wanted to make more money. <laughs> this is a job. We want to make money, and that's that was basically the like I would say ninety five ninety seven percent of the reason why we left TNA is because we just felt like we were at home starving, and mm-hmm. we were promised to you know to have a better life uh, elsewhere and maybe you know work with our friends, our buddies. These are our you know this is the place that we I don't want to call home because our always has never really been our home, but it, it's a place that you know we have a lot of friends. We have a, we had a past. And, you know, hey, we're going to, we could work six to eight shows a month. That's a lot of money, you know. <laughs> so it just came down to, to, to feeding our families, and, and it, that sounded like the best thing to do. And at the time, mm-hmm. you know, we were really psyched about it. And uh, unfortunately, that's just not what happened. And now it just seems like there's just no shows anymore. There's just no shows. Uh, you know, you look at their calendar, and this, it's just, uh, I don't, I, it's kind of sad, like, because they used to run more when, when Kerry was, uh, when Kerry owned the whole thing. So not only do they, you know, not go from more shows, they went to less shows. Mm. So it's just, the whole thing's just gotten. It's and I don't know what's going on with that. It's got to be a money thing, but uh, it, it's it's sad to see that. It really is. Mm. Mm. I mean, going back to to TV. I mean, how, how do you think you were you guys were portrayed on on TV? Um, a little bit. How were we portrayed on TV? Like. You know, I don't even know if we were on enough. If we're talking about the SVG show, I don't know if we were on enough to ever really uh, I don't show anything other than having cool matches, which is fine because that's what yeah. I like to do. Um, I don't think we were ever in real any detailed storyline or anything like that or uh, big angle. It was just like, hey, we nah, need a good match. Yeah. Uh, put the bucks in there because, you know, we have good matches, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is you want to add to that? This is what I was. Yeah, I was I was actually talking to Matt. Uh, I don't know two days ago about this, and I I think our second run with Ring of Honor was pretty much it was booked the Bucks as a, pretty much of a just a special appearance type wrestlers. Like we weren't given like a storyline, like a main purpose for a storyline or anything. We were pretty much a special attraction for uh, the shows that they would bring us on. Which that's how I felt. Mm. Which was pretty right. disappointing. But but at the same time, for me, it's like, hey, man, book me whatever way you want to book me. If you want to be the guy that has cool matches and puts other guys over, I don't care as long as I'm on every show because I'm in this for the money. I, I, yeah, I exactly. want to make money. It's like it, I don't even care about all that stuff. A lot of the wrestlers, well, I want to be in a big angle. I want to do this. 
I just want to be on the show. You know what I mean? Like when I'm not on yeah, the show anymore, we, yeah, there's the problem. We weren't. That, that's why <laughs> I, I say we were a special attraction because we weren't on all the shows. We were sure. literally a special attraction. Hmm. I mean, how much input did you personally have on you know, your character and, and your promos? Oh, no, we had we had pretty much 100%, and which is why that's one thing I have to give credit to about, about them is, uh, well, in the beginning, it was a little weird. We first came in, and Jim Cornette, real old school, he'd have everything written literally like on a, on a piece of paper, handwritten, you could barely read it, and he had, <laughs> lines that, he had lines that he wanted us to read verbatim. And I'm not, I'm not kidding you, like, some of these lines, I thought, I thought they were ribbing me because, like, they were written straight out of the 70s. <laughs> and, and like I just was like, there's no way this is real, right? This is a rib. And so I would do my best to like try to make him happy and say his lines. I didn't think were very funny at all. I don't think anybody did except Jim. And uh, and then finally towards the end, we just got so comfortable in our roles, we pretty much just winged a lot of those promos. And I think I'd like to say we got most comfortable when we started uh, talking about the Briscoes. Cause we started impersonating Mark and and uh, we started doing it. In, in a way where we were acting like them, and it was cracking up all the boys. <laughs> and uh, Nick would act like Jay, and I'd, I'd act like Mark, like I didn't have teeth, and we'd do their funny accents. And once we started doing that and being funny, that, that's just when it started feeling more natural and more fun, you know. And, mm. and then from there, we started making fun of Rhett. He couldn't walk, and we, you know, we were just being goofy. Like, and we realized, <laughs> man, you know what? Not a lot of guys are silly anymore in wrestling, especially in Ring of Honor. It's such a serious tone. So yeah. Let's be funny. Let's be silly. So we started doing the air guitar and acting like rock stars and acting goofy and you know calling people mother effers because we can't say the real word. You know we're we're these Christian boys. We're not allowed to say it. it's like we just started having a lot of fun. And I have to I have to say that once we started you know doing that and being you know being who we really are in real life, I was like I was having a lot of fun. It's probably the most fun I've had I had in wrestling. Hmm. I mean, uh, what was the balance sort of creatively wise between Jim Cornette and and Delirious? I know a lot of fans have been sort of uh you know sort of guessing who had the you know the, the major sort of say i mean was it was it mainly cornet oh uh, oh yeah uh, i would i would say 80 percent cornet maybe even more than that to be honest with you yeah uh, which uh which i think was I don't, I don't think it was fair for hunter because he's supposed to be the head booker you know and he really mm. didn't have that much say uh, to be honest uh for what I could see, would you say so, Matt? I would say a hundred percent. It was it was not even eighty. One hundred percent. It was all Jim. Really? Yeah. Um, and and Hunter was kind of there, just designed to be there. You know what I mean? Like I never yeah. really saw him making any decisions, unless, unless you know there's stuff I don't see. But if I if you're asking me and you're asking for my honest opinion, I think he did a hundred percent of it. And maybe behind the scenes, maybe, you know, there's phone calls that happened or meetings that I don't know about. But as far as what I saw, it was it was all Jim who, who pulled everything. Uh, and, you know, I think that that's kind of that kind of sucks for like Nixon. That sucks for Hunter because Hunter was kind of just like what, like pushed out of position because he was originally the guy. And Nick even called it. I remember uh, when Jim first came in on our on our first run at the end of 09, I think. Nick was like, "What do you bet Jim's gonna end up being the booker of this place?" Like you could just tell. Like even with Adam there, Jim was Jim was trying to kind of almost take it over with Adam. So mm. we knew that he was kind of positioning himself, you know, for a job there, and, and he ended up getting it. Um, you know, and it, it's just it's just one of those situations now. It's like they're talking about how I've read on the internet that um, that Hunter is now the guy in charge, 
And, you know, I don't know if that's true or if I don't know if that's what they're – that's a, some type of ploy that they're trying to say because they, they know that their fan base has turned on them. And maybe if we say that – maybe if we say that he's not here anymore, people will like us again. And Because uh, as long as Jim's there, he's got some say because that's just the way Jim is. But, I mean, but maybe, you know, if this is 100% legit and Hunter is in charge, I think it's only a good thing because he's young, he's youthful. We need someone fresh in there. Not that Jim's ideas weren't good because a lot of them were. It's just, you know, I, I think we need something new. Everything, everybody wants something fresh at this point. And I think uh, at this point, Hunter is the better man for the job. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, ECW Hardcore 07 on our forum asks, thoughts on Jim Cornette? I mean, I know a lot of people have, have been talking about Cornette. I mean, would you say he's, you know, he's outdated? Would you say his, his views on what wrestling should be are, you know, uh, sort of out of style now? Nick? Uh, I I like the guy personally. Like, we never had any issues with him. Uh, I thought he uh, saw wrestling in a in an educated way, you know, and he knows what he's talking about, obviously. Mm. But I just think, Today's wrestling is uh, a youthful, young business, and uh, it, it should be getting away from that. Like I think younger people should start running more of the majority of the things because we, we, the younger people know more about what today's audience wants, and that's, right. that's the only thing I see uh, and the reason why that they should have Hunter as the, the main guy. Yeah. yeah, I think that, you know, it's also, it's a visual thing. It's like, you see an old guy like Jim running a promotion, and immediately everyone's going to blame everything on Jim because it's outdated, it's old, because he's in charge. It's, he's easy to blame almost. Yeah. But like, if you put a young guy's face on the company, people relate to that, and they go, okay, so a young guy's running, and they give it more of a chance almost. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I think a lot of it's cosmetics. I really do. Like, if if Jim's if it's an old guy from the seventies or eighties is doing something and one thing goes wrong, you know, it, it, he's gonna get the blame. If it, if it seems outdated or something that someone's already seen before, Jim's Jim's an easy scapegoat. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it's gonna happen already. Not that not not that, that a lot of it wasn't his fault. I'm just saying it makes it easier to point the finger at him. So I think yeah. just, just for political reasons, it's better to get him out of there and and have uh, someone else as the face of the company. Mm. I mean. Uh, I know you said earlier that you didn't really have uh, sort of any major sort of angles or storylines in your you know, your second run. I mean, you had sort of that on and off feud with uh, the All Night Express. I mean, what what were your views on on that? Did you were you happy with that, or did you want it to sort of go further? Or go ahead, Nick. Oh, on our our feud with the All Night Express. Yeah, so it was a bit on and off, wasn't it? Yeah, it was kind of on and off, and uh, I like I liked the feud. But I liked the matches we had, but. Uh, one complaint all four of us had was for the blow-off uh, uh, for the, the Phoenix shows that we – or not the Phoenix, I think it was Florida. For Florida, uh, we had a street fight, and we were only given 10 minutes for a blow-off street fight mm. to end the feud. And so that was kind of like, uh, how, are, how are we supposed to – like we're, we've been feuding for months at this point, and uh, – it's really heated because we uh, we injured Rhett and whatnot and all that stuff. And how are we supposed to put that and uh, end it all in a 10-minute little match uh, and and uh, put a little gimmick on there with a street fight? It was kind of hard to uh, – but we didn't have any control with that because uh, we're pretty much yes-men. It's, hey, yeah, we'll, we'll do it because this is what we're given and we'll try to make the best out of it. But 
that was my only complaint with the fuse. Uh, mm. I think I think and, a and reason why and the, and the I think a reason why it was so up and down uh, was was because the right getting hurt for one thing. Yeah, uh, maybe, that just yeah. stopped a lot of it and stopped a lot of the momentum. And not only like when the guy was in the ring, even when he was supposedly better, I mean, he could hardly move. Like his leg was no good. Like I remember he actually wrestled one match. I don't remember where it was. I think it was one of the house shows, um, North Carolina, South Carolina shows or something. Uh, where yeah. he he was already hurt and. I'm not kidding you. The guy, he could, he could not even like put weight on his leg. And Nick and I were like, why are, why are you even in the ring, man? Like, and I, and I get it. I mean, this is what we do and you got to pay your bills. <laughs> like it was, it was bad. Like it was a point where like, we didn't even think we were going to be able to do anything with him physically. He was just so heavy. Yeah. on He's so hurt. So that kind of screwed up, you know, one of our matches. He's so injured. And then even when he came back, like I think he came back a little too early um, he still couldn't really move like he used to, you know. I, I just think he was pushing it, and I mean, I, I would do the same thing because you know, this is we got to pay our bills, you know. This is this is what we do to pay our bills, but but that was one factor was definitely Rhett not being a hundred percent during our our uh, our angle. But I mean, I mean, without even like thinking about all that stuff, if I go back and watch the matches, I, I would still say I was really happy with them. You know, we had we had yeah. really good matches mm. with those guys. I mean, before the. The, the matches you had at the uh, Fort, uh, Fort Lauderdale, wasn't it? Um, you had your, your title match against the Briscoes at the 10th anniversary show. Um, right. Uh, I mean, from a fan's perspective, I think that the match just seemed to come up as a, a bit too one-sided, I think, for a title match. Was that something that that, that you thought, or was was that just sort of a, sort of, sort of a fan's yeah. perspective thing? I think, I think that uh, happens a lot when we wrestle the Briscoe brothers, because... Uh, they're so so intense and so big that uh, yeah. I think it uh, for one reason it I, I think it looks better when they're beating us up instead of us beating them because mm. it looks more realistic and whatnot. But but uh, to your point, I think you're right that it was too it was too one sided and uh, we we were pretty much uh, <laughs> that night we felt like the fans would have not bought uh, the match anyway. So I think for a reason you think that was because no one in the world thought we were winning the belt that night because the, the match was set up literally like two weeks beforehand with no feud at all. And we we had no push going uh, into the match. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was booked to fail pretty much. Uh, we said that right away, that, that that's why the – the match didn't really seem to come off good because no one believed we were going to win the belts. And uh, I guess we, I don't know, that, would you say? Uh, I, I think that, sure. I think the whole one-sidedness might be us to blame because, I mean, um, we have a lot, yeah, of, maybe, we have a lot of freedom to wrestle in our matches. Like, we didn't we didn't have agents breathing down our necks in Ring of Honor. Um, so if it did seem a, one, a bit one-sided, it might have been all four of our faults for planning it that way or yeah, letting maybe it happen so. that way. Um, because I know we've had we've had good matches with the Briscoes also, like where they weren't one sided and they look and it did look legit because we you know we planned it a certain way where we took one of them out and it was two on one or something like. There's, yeah. there's probably you know certain things we could have done to make it better, and I, I still like the match. But going back, I actually agree. I think that it was a bit one sided and it never looked like we were going to win. But mm, um, no. but I, I think we've had much better matches with the Briscoes. Um, yeah. I mean, just offhand, I know even in Ring of Honor, like I think we had one in Chicago I really liked, um, and then we had a really good one on at, at, uh, at PWG I think like back in '08 or '09 that I really liked. So, I mean, it's it's not to blame like the 
the four talents involved, or it is to blame for the four talents involved, I think, because we had a lot of uh, say in that, and that's just the way it, the match ended up uh, coming out. Yeah, mm. maybe so. I mean, fast forwarding a, a bit now, after the uh, Florida double shot, um, you were given a summer hiatus along with uh, TJ Perkins. I mean, how did you find out about the the, the plan for the hiatus, and what, what did Ring of Honor sort of give us as a reason for, for this? Um, it was... It was actually, it was, this was kind of bad, uh, the way it was handled. Um, it, it actually was happening before our eyes. Like, we did a, we were at some indie show, I think, for uh, Amazing Red's company in New York, and I got a text message from TJ. And TJ said, I just got notice that I'm getting taken off the entire summer. So immediately, I think, oh, my gosh, well, that's not good. Hopefully we're not in the same boat because we're all kind of like, we're the same guys. You know, we all travel together. We came up, we go on the same flights. Yeah, I, I I let Nick know. I said, "Well, this is what's going on with TJ, and he's not too thrilled about it, you know." And uh, so we're like, "Well, let's get to the bottom of this." So we sent some, some emails, and uh, never really heard anything. Um, they were they weren't the greatest about getting back to to us. That's one complaint I have. I have with all those guys, specifically with Hunter and Cornette. They just were not good at returning emails. <laughs> we were kind of in the dark. Finally. I want to say we were down to the wire. Like we, we, we knew we were doing a show in, in Canada, uh, but I, I don't think we had one confirmed date after that. We just had yeah. kind of like, here's some dates, keep these open type of thing, like, but we weren't really confirmed for them all. So I think we, we were taking off, uh, taking off to Canada, and we got, we got an email finally, and he said, listen, we need to talk with you um, either today during, you know, I don't know if we had pre-tapes or something, or maybe at the hotel, or, or tomorrow at the show. And we said, okay, this doesn't sound good. He's not, you know, guaranteeing us for any shows. So anyway, we finally met up with him uh, at that show before the before the actual eye pay-per-view, and it was just it was just Jim, or not Jim, it was just uh, Hunter because Jim Jim wasn't in Canada, and he finally just sat down and told us, listen, guys, uh, any guys coming out of California, we have to we have to take them off the sh- off the road for three months. Uh, there's, it's just, just budgets and, you know, he's like, well, we're going to have you guys back in August. Um, and we'll work from there. And we were really disappointed because, you know, like we, we had no shows books. We were hoping to be on all these, the whole ring of honor schedule. So yeah. <laughs> we were upset cause we were just like, what are we going to do? You know? And, yeah, but, uh, uh, but, uh, but, uh, we were, we were promised, we were promised that we'd be back full time though, uh, after August, August happened. Yeah. Right. That, that, that must be frustrating from your point of view where, you know, Ring of Honor are telling you to keep these these dates open, and presumably you're sort of turning down bookings that you could have had, and and then they come out of the blue exactly. and say, actually, for the next three months, you, See, you that's haven't got anything. That's what was tough, and we understand it's business is business. This is show business that we're in, but at least have a little communication with us. Let us know, you know, a little ahead of time. That way, we can go get booked. Because Nick and I were really good at getting booked in the Indies. Like we have a full schedule right now, you know. And we we can make it happen, but if you don't give us the proper time to do it, then we're kind of going to be stuck at home not doing anything. And that's why it, we were upset. Yeah, it hurt. Yeah. It hurt financially during the whole summer because we literally only had a few bookings that whole summer because we we were uh, expecting to be on at least a few of the, the, right. the Ring of Honor dates, and which obviously didn't happen. Mm. It, it hurt us, man, because we, we, you know, we had jobs – already and then we left those jobs for better jobs and then it ended up being worse because here we are not working at all now at all like at least in tna we were getting booked up for you know a few shows at least like a couple house yeah. shows here and there so like nick and i were just really upset like what what did we do you know hopefully and then we got to the point where we hadn't heard from them all summer 
And we, we thought, are we even coming back in August? Like, what's going yeah. on? Because we had no communication. And our, we knew our contracts were up in October anyway. So we, we, we felt like, are they just going to sit us at home, you know, before our contracts yep. go up in October? Mm. And uh, we, we didn't know for sure. So finally, that whole Kenny King thing happened on, on uh, Impact. And we got an email that night. That night. Literally within, what would you say, an hour, Nick, from Kenny doing that? Yeah. yeah. And they said, we need you guys for the TV in August. And then we, and we also have other dates, or not in August, in, or was in August. Yeah, I think it was the first week of, of August yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. in Baltimore. And, uh, and we're also going to have to confirm you guys for some other shows. So me and Nick are kind of just smirking like, oh, okay, yeah, you know. <laughs> but then again, they did say they were going to bring us back in August. So I don't, you know, okay, like maybe they're just, you know, being truthful to their word, whatever. Nick and I, at this point, we're just trying to be optimistic, you know, because we, we're really in a bad yeah. position here. We're, we have these deals that are about to expire. You know, we're sitting at home anyway. Like, what are we going to say no to him? We're not going to do your show. We, we're starving. So we come to TV. We do the, the, the show uh, in Baltimore. Um, and finally, we staged oh, a meeting for, with for the For the tournament. For the tournament. For the tournament. We staged a meeting yeah. with Jim and Hunter, and we just said, listen, guys, like, are we back? What's you know, going on? What's, yeah. what's going on here? Like, we just want to know what's going on. Like, I want to, I want to be able to tell my wife, hey, I got these shows yep. and uh, we're going to be okay. And that's when they said, listen, you know, we really, you know, it's tough. We're, we're dying here and we don't, we, don't, we don't really have the money to, to spend on these flights. And, you know, we could book you guys sparingly. And, and then we, you know, Nick and I are just kind of chuckling because we're like, do these guys not realize our contracts are up like next month? Like, so we decided to play it safe and just kind of be quiet about it and, uh, you know, just just do the show and do our best like we always do and, uh, and uh, you know, we'll go from there. So we do the show and, you know, that's actually the last time I think we've talked to them. Um, yeah, did, the, the did, writing was on the wall because we were doing the tournament and uh, right. we noticed we were, uh, we thought we were going to win the belts. Uh, that we we were pretty sure we were like ninety ninety nine percent sure that we would win, and we we found out we were losing the first match in the first round of the tournament. We knew that definitely was the writing on the wall right. for them uh, to end the relationship with us. Right. They didn't really go out and say that openly, but I think I think it's just honestly, man, it, it came down it's to only out of this. Me and Nick. Me and Nick negotiated pretty good contracts, I have to say. We had well, not pretty good contracts like saying we're sitting at home for three months, but like when we did wrestle, <laughs> we made good money. Like yeah. you know, so I think that you know it's expensive to book us. It, you know, you're gonna fly us in. I don't care what people say though; these flights aren't a million dollars because I help other promoters get them, and they're not that expensive. They're not more expensive than than you would think. You know what I mean? Like it, it's reasonable. It's just. They bought the most expensive flights for one thing, <laughs> but uh, our flights yeah. aren't a million dollars, man. Like, but Nick and I do make pretty good money, you know. If you're going to book us for one or two shows, you know, it's going to cost you. But you know, we feel like you're going to get what you pay for. We're, we we try to put on our best matches, and and we feel like we're worth it. And maybe they just felt like you know it was too expensive, and uh, that was the end of it. And uh, we didn't really yeah. say a word about our deals expiring. And we we just decided we were just going to let them let them expire. And uh, if they would you yeah. know talk to us or send us an email or call us, they would. And they never did. And so they, I think they wow. never did nothing. They let us walk. We, and that's, that's one, fine, man. That's this is, one this thing is, that. Go ahead. That that's one disappointment that I've had with the company was we left TNA to come here, and we we felt like we worked very hard for Ring of Honor when we were booked, and for our year to come up and. No one even thanks us 
with an email or even say, hey, thanks, guys, for coming here and quitting TNA to come here to try to make our product better. We, we didn't receive anything, which was kind of very disappointing to me. Mm. It, it was kind of heartbreaking. Not, that, I think... I think it's more disappointing to us because these guys are our friends. It's uh, yeah, exactly. yeah, I don't want to sound like this big pansy guy, like, oh, these guys are supposed to be our buddies, because I know this is <laughs> wrestling is wrestling, business is business. I don't feel like they did good business with us. Um, and, you know, we've been really tight-lipped about it. And, uh, you know, I, I, this is really the first time we've ever even open, opened up about it. And, and, you know, we don't even have any hard feelings about the whole thing, man. It's like... It, we just know what it's like now. We, we've been doing this for about 10 years now, and, uh, you know, these things happen. And, I, you know, I want, the, I want the company to succeed. I really do because professional wrestling needs Ring of Honor. We need, we need a company like that. The, the fans need a company like that. All my friends are there. You know, Kevin Steen and Jay Lee are, you know, two of my best friends in professional wrestling. And I want to see them do well. And I mean, that's just two of the guys on the roster that we're, bu- we're buddies with. You know, Adam Cole yeah, and Kyle, I love those guys, yeah, all you know. Of them. Yeah. So, you know, we, we really want to see them do well. And if, if they even, you know, offered for us to come in and do a shot or two, we would do it. We're just not, we would never, ever sign a contract with them ever again because that would just be stupid business. But, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. if, they, if they offered us to come in for some shows, of course we're going to do it because we want to make money. Yeah. You know, it's just uh, – I think having guys sign contracts to wrestle once a month is ridiculous anyways, by the way. That's why yeah, we have yeah, to with them. But, um, but yeah, man, there's no and hard feelings. Go ahead, Nick. I don't yeah, and that's why – well, yeah, and I was just going to say that's why uh, PWG doesn't have people under contract because it's pretty much the same thing. They run once a month. Why uh, keep someone uh, hand, uh, handed down with a contract for a show that you only run once a month? It doesn't make sense to me anymore. It's like right. just let these these wrestlers have some type of freedom, you know? Right. Uh, like uh, a lot of these companies are making people sign contracts, and why? Yeah. For one show a month, it doesn't make sense. You're you're only hurting us more than you're doing anything because mm-hmm. we need to work and we need to make money for our living. Yep. I mean, do, do you think part of the reason why Ring of Honor let let you walk is because maybe they're in a in a worse financial sort of situation than people maybe think? Sure. Sure. I mean, that's fair to say. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know how much what their budget what SBG gives them. Yeah, I I don't know any of that stuff. Like. But if they if they can't afford to pay us, uh, and we're not making a million dollars, if they can't afford to to pay us, then it, it goes to show you it's very telling that there are financial yeah. uh, you know problems. And oh, they've told us that sure. you know yeah. they've told us, listen, guys, we're bleeding money, we're bleeding money, and we can't yeah. afford these flights. And what do you say to that? You say, okay, okay, sorry, you know, I I I'm sorry, I live where I live, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it it sucks. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, it's a problem that you know, I, I don't know how big the problem is though. I'm not I'm not in those meetings, man. I couldn't tell you. It's, it's a problem though. Yeah, it's a problem though for sure. Sure, of course. Um, so you know, when you came back from hiatus, they literally just there was just nothing. They you just did that one match in the tournament and that was it. You just didn't hear from it all again. That was it. Literally, the talk we had with them. Uh, that night was the last time we've spoken to anybody from Ring of Honor. Yeah, oh. that was it. That, was that it. is. Uh, I actually had a I had a question written down here that was, "Do you regret signing?" But I think that's quite an obvious question by what you've been saying at this point. Yeah, I mean, see, this whole thing would have been different if we would have just been doing shows, you know, per appearance on just a handshake. Because that's no big deal. You didn't 
you didn't betray me or do anything to me. You know, you just didn't book me anymore. But when you, when we have an agreement, like, for a year, like, come on, man, stay true to your word, you know? And, mm. and I don't, yeah, we don't feel like yeah. they really did that. So, yeah, of course. I mean, of course and we were signing, but. And the thing is, they realize it, too, that they, they apologized to us that last day we talked to them about it. Yeah. They're, they're sorry they had us uh, come there because they, they know what happened. They're right. Smart, you know? That's one thing I give credit to both Jim and Hunter. They did, like Nick said, they, they did apologize, and they felt really bad about the whole thing. Um, unfortunately, feeling bad doesn't really help my financial situation, <laughs> but, uh, but they did feel bad. And, you know, at least, like I said a million times, all those things happen. Yeah. So. Mm. So what's your plan now, you know, post Ring of Honor, your contract's up, you're essentially just sort of free agents. What's your plan? Yeah, pretty much to wrestle wherever we want and uh, without any restrictions and just to, just to have fun and uh, pretty much freelance until uh, until things slow down and then maybe we'll have to go settle up and sign a contract. And, mm. right. Yeah, like, I, don't, I don't think we're in any hurry to... To you know, put pen uh, to, to paper right now anywhere because we're just having fun, man. Like, I have to say, you know, despite everything that happened at the end, like the the six months or eight months or however long we did work for Three Hour was so much fun, man. Like, we got to travel with our buddies and we're you know always having fun, having fun matches, uh, and, and not even just Ring of Honor. Just um, we've been doing indies, you know, for over a year now again, full time. It's just been so much fun. It's been, there's no pressure. Uh, Nick and I have grown so much as, as professional wrestlers. We feel like this has probably been, uh, I think we get it the most right now. Like we found our, our niche, we found our act. And I think leaving TNA and, and, you know, it was all, it all happened for a reason because we're, we're just becoming better workers, you know, like, uh, mm -hmm. more comfortable in our, in our own skin now when we're out there. Like, um, so this has just been a good thing and we, we just want to freelance and have fun and do indies and right now it's paying the bills and you know if I don't want to do a, a, uh, a wrestling show on my wedding anniversary I won't do it you know what I mean or <laughs> yeah. Nick doesn't want to wrestle on his wife's birthday he doesn't do it because we just we, we, we control our own destiny now and we're having a lot of fun and uh, I think ultimately it would be nice to go back to TNA eventually uh, we're in no rush but it, it, it seems like it's gotten better there, and and uh, I've heard that the contracts are a lot better now. And I, I, I see ourselves maybe being back in Orlando eventually. I couldn't tell you when. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Maybe or maybe that never happens again. Or you know, I don't know. We're we're trying to get back to Japan. Maybe work there a little bit. Um, but right now, man, the goal is really just to to keep producing fun matches that people like and to make money. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, we've got a few more fan questions here. Um, Hellfont93 asks, do you have any favorite matches or moments during your time with ROH? Hmm, man. Go ahead, Nick. Do you have anything in mind? Uh, man. I'm trying to think. I really liked all of our stuff with, uh, with Adam and Kyle. And then, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. One match that kind of people, I don't know if people just hadn't got, didn't get to see was, uh, we had a really fun one with the Bravados in Chicago that I really liked. Yeah, that's um, it. That was good, yeah. Just Man, a I, lot of fun stuff. Off the top of the head, I, I off the top of the head though, like everything we had there in our second run was wasn't bad. It was always a fun match. So we 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 liked everything we produced there. But I'm trying to think of what like just was mind blowing, which I don't think there was because we didn't really get the shot to 
to go mind blowing that and have a five star match there. We didn't really have the shot to do that. So, uh, yeah, I don't think we ever really had the opportunity. Like they never gave us the uh, the go the the okay to go out for thirty minutes and have a PWG style match. Yeah. Like, I don't think we ever really really got that opportunity. But um, yeah, a lot of the stuff I liked in Ring of Honor, I have to say, was our character development with our yeah, our promos true. we did on the video wires and. Uh, uh, people still come out to me to this day at shows. They're like, oh, thank you so much for the house. You know, because for a while, Nick, Nick and I were saying, you're welcome for the house. You know, we drew these people. <laughs> I thought that was fun. Um, the whole rock star thing, like us just calling ourselves rock stars, I mean, goofy and playing air guitar. You know, that was all, I think that was all born at, at Ring of Honor, and now we use it everywhere. So uh, just nothing in particular. I think just a yeah. lot of little moments, you know, helped us become better. Yeah, exactly. We owe a lot of that to our time here at ROH or there at ROH. Um, John, who's actually uh, one of our guys over at ROH World, asks, uh, what was the main difference between your first and second ROH runs? Uh, I, I would say the first one, we were trying to make a name for ourselves, and uh, so we, we did a lot, lot of different things to see what uh, would stick and what the fans would like and whatnot, and the second one was a lot, a lot of... Uh, character development so learning a lot about keeping a character going and whatnot and uh, getting it going and I, so it was it was either the first one we didn't really have a character it was pretty much just matches mm-hmm. it was just us wrestling you know what I mean and this this time around we actually had a character and something to work with so I think those were the biggest differences between uh, <laughs> you know another one, one. Another one was the first time around, we were making peanuts, like no money yeah. at all, and it was breaking our bodies, and we were getting burnt out. And the second time was more about business because we were making money. Um, yeah. So obviously, you naturally feel better when you, you know, you're gaining something, you know, uh, like like cash at the end of the thing. But uh, as far as fun goes, man, I had fun both times. Uh, I think a lot of our stuff on the second second round was better. Um, just because yeah. we were better at the time, but a lot of a lot of cool stuff happened the first round too. But I think it was cut short because uh, we left for TNA. Like we, I want to say, we were only there for maybe less than a year, and then we were gone. You know, so we never really got to get going there. Uh, both both rounds actually there, both times there, we never yeah, really got to year. really get going. It, it was always yeah. cut short. Yeah, that's too bad. Um, BTW10 asks, what's your thoughts on Davey Richards? Would you guys like to respond to him saying that you guys have changed in his high spots? Shoot. <laughs> uh, uh, we, we saw him uh, about about a month ago, and he actually came up to us, and uh, he uh, gave us the reason why he said that. We, I, don't, I don't really remember what the reasoning was, but I, I thought it was nice of him just to clear it up because we didn't even ask him. Because uh, like, uh, me and Matt could care less because we, we're boys with him. I like him, and he, he's just uh, a type of guy that will say whatever he wants to say, which is awesome because uh, a lot of wrestlers should be more like that because a lot of us are just hiding feelings inside, you know, and he just says it out loud. And I like him because of that. So uh, whatever he meant about it, I I don't know. He, he told us the reasoning, but it didn't really make sense. I, 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 I think he was, 
I think he was like, like kind of like, oh man, I better go clear up with the Bucks. I think Kevin uh, yeah. had a problem with what he said. Yeah, but, like Nick and I take this like less serious. <laughs> I think than Kevin, but, like when he said it, it was kind of on the internet. And people were asking us about it. We were just kind of like, laughing about it because Davey's <laughs> being Davey, you know? Like who cares? Like, um, like Nick said, he probably meant nothing by it. And when he did come up to us and clear it up, I think he said something like, "Yeah, man, like." This business, this business changes all of us, you know, and it's just one of those things, man. Like, you guys have been doing this for so long. You guys are just different guys. Like, I think it was just like one of those, like, we're like, what? Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> it was just like one of those, like, uh, strange answers. And I just took it for what it was. It was Davey being Davey. And who cares? <laughs> Let him be yeah, Davey. We, we He's like, hilarious. Yeah, we, we like the guy. We've, we've never had a problem with him. Nah. So. Um, Tom123 asks, uh, it seems this past year there's been less tag teams in ROH compared to a couple of years ago. If you were the bookers, which teams would you bring in to revamp the tag team division? Apart from yourselves, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I think us, right? <laughs> <laughs> man, uh, uh, man, what do you think, Nick? I, off, right off the bat, the Smash Brothers, of course. Yeah, definitely. I don't know if they'd um, even fit in with their style, but I mean that's maybe one reason why they they would be fun to have them because they're so different, you know. Like I think they'd be yeah, really cool to yeah. watch. That's definitely true. Uh, off the top of the head, though, that that's really the only team I can think of. Right. There's not a lot of teams anymore, though, man. Like, uh, you know, and then all these dumb contracts we talk about. It's, it's oh, really yeah. hard to make things like that happen nowadays. It's. Mm. It's 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 a that's a tough one. It really is. Uh, but yeah, off the top of my head, I would say number one team would be the the Smash Brothers. Um, is there anyone else even available? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I can't think of any besides us. Um, there's obviously some awesome teams in uh, Dragon Gate USA, but like you know, with the contracts, that would be tough. Um, man, I don't know. Maybe push the ones you have, or maybe put the Wolves back together and have Adam and Kyle get back together. Uh, I mean, the, the talent's all there. Just let them do their thing, you know? Like, mm. um, I, I think that uh, that uh, the Wrestle Factor's really good. I think that they're, you know, at first they weren't really comfortable with, with being, like, well, one of them, who, which one, Nick, did we say? He, he, he was kind of, he's the older one. I always get their names confused. I think Caprice is the older one, isn't it? Caprice, Caprice Coleman. He's awesome. But when we first wrestled Caprice, Caprice felt like, Maybe he didn't belong because he he's older, and I didn't think he'd keep up with us. And then we wrestled him a few times. Those guys, man, those guys are incredible. Like, we had some really good matches with them, and it, it was really fitting to, to finish our run uh, helping them out in that tournament. You know, mm. We went up to him afterwards and said, we think we just had our last match with you guys. They're like, what? Like, we just totally kept them in the dark the whole time. But they're, they're really good. I'd really like to see, see them succeed and do well. The Bravados are really good. I think they're under, underutilized. Uh, Mm. You know, especially when they came back from Japan, they just seem more confident and uh, something different about them. You know, you go to Japan, it changes you. Um, otherwise, I mean, obviously, I mean, you got the world's greatest tag team. Uh, if they're still together, you should do something with them. I don't know why Nick and I never uh, got to wrestle them. That was, that was one thing that we felt like was a misstep. Like, why didn't you book us against those guys while you had us, you know? Um, but uh, otherwise, I, I don't know, man. Like, I think I just named every tag team in wrestling right now. <laughs> Ken on Facebook says, uh, what organizations should we follow to see you currently, apart from PWG and Shikara? Do you wrestle for anyone on the East Coast? Yeah, actually, uh, we just started working for FWE, Family Wrestling Entertainment, and uh, we're going to be on there full time. And uh, They're a good company. They run good shows, and 
the the shows that we have been on have been family oriented and uh, the crowds are big and it's a it's a fun show and it's a good company on the rise. Yeah, and I hope uh, Tommy Dreamer is House of Hardcore. That I hope they keep running because their first show uh, a couple a couple weeks back was really cool. They had a ton of people there and uh, just a fun atmosphere. Tommy's Tommy's uh, got that attitude like. However long you want to go, and whoever wants to go over tonight, just make your own. You know, like do whatever you want, type of. And, and, that, and it works sometimes, you know. And that night, it really did. Uh, and you know, I, I really hope that he continues to run. And I mean, as far as being on the Northeast, it's. I mean, it feels like we're out there so much. It's just. It's. It's always like maybe like some random indie company or a wrestling convention. So it's really hard to say specifically like what companies, but. I mean, between Chikara and FWE and hopefully Tommy's thing, and, you know, we might start working for Gabe again, hopefully. Uh, we're working something out with him uh, possibly for the next few months. I mean, let's hope. I don't, I don't know. We're still kind of negotiating. Um, and where else, Nick? Like, of course, as soon as I hang up on this uh, conversation, I'm going to be thinking, oh, God, I should have mentioned those companies too. I can't think of any of them. But um, There's always local ones we always do. There's, there's one that's locally that's, really good and and it's uh the population of it's rising every month uh, it's called IWL Insane Wrestling League that that's located but that's way out here in Southern California but they have i pay per view you can order it off their website but they're a pretty good company that runs uh once a month or so so that that's another good one that we've been on every every show right but other than that you've named them all Garden State Saint on our forum asks, what match do you wish you could do over? Strange um, question. What match, we could, what match we could do over? Yeah, as in like redo, perhaps. I think that's what he means. Uh, redo. Huh. Man, that's a hard one. Uh, but there's, uh, and if, I guess if we would like to redo and relive that moment, it would have to be... Uh, Man, it would have to be probably one of one of the matches we've had at PWB where the crowd just was losing its mind. And, and right off the bat, it, uh, I think of uh, when me and Matt wrestled uh, El Generico and Human Tornado. And for some reason, that night, and the belts weren't even on the line, uh, that night the crowd was just nuts. They were insane. And they're, every false finish, they just went for it. And then... Uh, and I would like to relive it. I wouldn't do it over, but I would like to relive that moment because it probably mm. absolutely. You know, there's so funny. It's funny the whole idea of redoing matches over because that happened a lot in TNA where matches were so bad that they make <laughs> them go redo it. <laughs> we never had to do that actually. That's, that's like a wrestler's nightmare, by the way. Um, but if yeah, as far if we're talking about like for quality purposes, like our, the match sucked and we wish we could just redo it. Like, I don't think I have any of those because every match has been unique in its own way. And, and when things go wrong, sometimes it makes the match better. Like, for example, I remember um, when Nick and I wrestled uh, with, with Mike Mondo in that six-man tag against Rhett and Kenny and TJ. We totally blew this, uh, <laughs> this, this three-way simultaneous drop kick. It was terrible. It's like the worst thing we've ever done in wrestling. And the crowd started <laughs> chanting, you know, you effed up. And I thought it was, it was kind of funny, and it added to the match, because, like, as everybody chanted, you effed up, Nick and I started, like, playing the air guitar and acting like we were singing to, like, you effed up with them, and it made it – it just added to the element of the match. Like, it, it, like we totally just went with it, you know. Like, I, I kind of think it's funny when there's slip-ups, like, because – 
I don't think wrestling matches should be too pretty. Like, I don't think they should. I think sometimes it's okay if they're a little rough around the edges. And there's, it's, it's a fight. Like, if you ever watch a fight, it's never going to be pretty. You know, someone's going to fall and slip or, yeah, it, it just happens, you know. So, I don't. I really don't think there's ever been a match that I've been involved in that was an absolute, you know, just nightmare. And I'm, oh God, I wish I could just redo this. Like, we've been fortunate enough not to have any of those <laughs> blunders yet. Um, John, who who also is with us at rohworld.com, he says uh, he wants to know if you liked working with Vince Russo while you were in TNA. <laughs> uh, I didn't mind working with him. Uh, I thought he was. Uh, he was good, and I think uh, people just blamed him because he honestly had to do all the work himself. Like, they literally had, like, three guys uh, at the time we were there. They had, like, three guys writing the whole show week to week. So imagine how stressful that would be on his shoulders because he got the blame all the time. So, uh, But working with him was fine. We never had a problem with him. I, I liked the guy. He... He was funny. Uh, he was easy to talk to, and I thought he he's good for us. And I just think he always got the blame for all the bad things that he's done, which which I guess it happens in wrestling. So well, there was a lot of bad stuff he did too. Let's be honest. But um, yeah, as far yeah, as, as our actual blame, right? But as far as our actual interactions with him, he was always cool. Like uh, he knew he knew like what type of guys we are. Like we're not the type of guys we don't want to do something like that would kind of be dumb, like on TV or anything that would uh, mess with our morals or make us look bad. So he's a Christian, we're, we're Christians. And, you know, I think a few times they had us written into the show to do some stuff like cussing or something, maybe with Tara, I want to say, that was kind of sexual. And he would always go up to us and say, guys, listen, if you don't think this is right, don't do it. Or you don't have to do it this way. Like, he was always cool about, like, uh, confirming things with us before we, you know, yeah, make us do it. Like, that was cool for us. It was like, man, this guy's really respectful, you know. Like, that was really neat. Um, yeah, one interaction right off the bat with him was, though, is, like, as soon as we got signed, we, uh, we got an email from him. And basically all it said was, uh, actually, it was a forwarded email. It wasn't even directly to, to us from him. It was, like, I think it was forwarded from Terry Taylor, who was the, the guy in charge. He was, like, the head guy at the time. And basically the email from Russo said something like, yeah, tell those kids I want them to, to <laughs> kind of look like the Hardy Boys, but not. That is it. <laughs> and we're like, what? <laughs> oh, and by the way, tell them, I think it even said P.S. Their new name is Jin Me or something like that. It was something like ridiculous like that. Like we were like, what? That's it? Like that's all we got? Like, so we headed to our first, uh, our first TV with them. That was all the information we had. So like, we were like, what do we do, you know? <laughs> so, like, that was that was one thing. Like, whenever anybody mentions Vince Russo, I always think of that email. It was literally, like, two two sentences. Like, <laughs> I want you to look like the Hardys, but not. P.S. You're Jin Me now. <laughs> I still find that hilarious. Um, Liger Sword on our forum says, do you guys ever see yourselves in the WWE? Uh, man, me, I don't. But uh, if the schedule changes and... Uh... They only want to start running uh, half the shows they do a year. They count me in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just one of those things. It's, it's hard to say. Nick and I are family, man. We like being home. And, I mean, if we had to go move to Tampa to bump our brains out for eight hours a day, six days a week, and then flyer and be the street team and all that, that's just that's a lot of commitment, man. And 
I just, I don't even know if I'd have time for that. And, and for one thing, my wife's got a great job out here in California. And I mean, Nick owns a home, you know, out here, our family's all out here, our friends, and it'd be tough to have to, to pack up and move uh, for that. And I just, I don't know if I could do it. Uh, never say never. Like if, if we were offered something, obviously it's the WWE, you know, you got to entertain it, but, uh, I really wouldn't count on it. Like we, we, we could actually say, Hey, we've worked there cause we've done extra work with them and we've gotten to, you know, we've gotten to be on TV and work their guys. So it feels like we've, we've, we've not just, we didn't really have a run there or anything, but we feel like we've, we've had, we've gotten to work with Vince McMahon. Like I actually had Vince McMahon be my agent one time for a segment I had with the big show where I wrestled the big show and I a, a, I think it was like a, a tables match or something or a last man standing match. And, you know, I got to actually have, you know, work with Vince McMahon, the man, you know, it's like, I feel like I've gotten to do some stuff there, so it's, it's almost like it's like a it's, it's checked off my bucket list. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. it would be nice to go there because that's where all the money is, you know. Like if if we really want to make the real money here, we got to go there. So uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I guess I guess only time will tell. Uh, Macklin on our Facebook page says, uh, "What actually happened backstage with the handshake incident at WWE and Booker <laughs> T and everything?" Good, Nick. Uh, it was just a big old, uh, huge misunderstanding. Uh, uh, I, w- I was uh, laying on, or not laying, I was uh, standing by a guardrail which had, I guess, had Booker T's coat on it, hung on it, and I had no clue. But uh, so I was hanging, like, close by it. Booker T saw it, and he saw me uh, standing by it, so he's, he cut the promo on me yelling at me because I'm standing near his coat. And uh, he starts yelling at me in front of all the boys. And uh, when he did that, uh, he, he, uh, he his music hit, and he was, uh, went right to a gorilla position and left. So I had no, other, uh, no uh, other time to shake his hand because the whole time I saw him, the, the whole interaction I had with him was him yelling at me. So why would I shake his hand? <laughs> While he's yelling at me, so that—that's really what happened. That's—that's that's a short summary of it. Like, I mean, Booker is yeah, not the that, only that, guy we missed. It's a—it's a big, you know, it's a big arena. People are doing pre-tapes. People are in agents meetings. People are here. People are in catering. It, it's impossible, impossible to get every single person. And Nick and I, we tried to get everybody that was approachable. Everybody that seemed like they wanted to meet us. Because a lot of those guys are super cool, and they all, you know, a lot of them knew who we were. They'd come up to us, hey, Young Bucks, hey. Like, it was really, it was really cool, actually. Like, it was humbling because, you know, we didn't know all these big WWE guys knew who we were. Like, little old us, you know, it was really, it actually felt good. Like, uh, the majority of the roster knew who we were. And the day before the whole Booker T thing happened was raw, and we had a really, uh, a really good tryout where uh, William Regal came up to us and pretty much said, listen, they want to look at you guys, handpick whoever you guys want to work, and come up with a little something, and you know, we'll have a little match. And they never do that, by the way. Usually, they just make you—they they have you get in the ring with someone, and they say you're wrestling this guy. Go, you know. Like we actually had an opportunity to do something cool, and we had a really, really good match. Uh, we we always joke about it, and people, even people there say it was like the greatest tryout match in the history of wrestling. <laughs> Nick and I are in this situation where we just didn't care. We were like, let's just do our thing, man. Like. This is like our job interview, right? Why would we not do what we're good at, you know? So we we planned to hit all of our stuff. Like I think Nick did a dive. Like we did Nick did his crazy comeback with his X Factor and like we hit more bangs for your buck and like you don't do any of that stuff. 
ever. Like in a WWE tryout, there's no, you don't do that. Like you don't leave your feet. You just typically, you know what I mean? But we did everything. <laughs> and uh, it was really cool. Cause at the end, everybody was, uh, everybody was on their feet clapping and we were like, wow, this is, this is awesome. <laughs> you know? So the second day coming in, we had a big target on our back. Cause I think a lot of people were talking about us. And I think Booker, you know, he obviously read the thing with RVD and, and right away, like, now he's got now he's got another thing to hate us for, you know. We're coming in here doing four fifties in our tryout match, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> come on, you don't do that. So I think he was he was trying to come up with a, a reason to just not like us. And then he 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 saw Nick was on his jacket, and I think he saw a perfect uh, situation. And uh, it's unfortunate because I, I, those two days last summer were so much fun. Everybody back there was so cool, and and just that that little thing happens, you know, and. And it makes it sound like we're the biggest jerks, and now you know we have these reputations because of him. It's it's, it's really stupid. But Nick and I have tried to stay optimistic and positive about the whole thing, and kind of spun an angle off of it, and tried to make a little bit of money doing it. And uh, I I don't know, man. Maybe maybe one day we'll be known as uh, just the young bucks and not the guys that big league everybody on handshakes. <laughs> Um, at Marion Buck on Twitter says, "What would you have done if you didn't become professional wrestlers?" Nick would probably oh, be in the NBA. Yeah, that, I would try to. I would try to be a basketball uh, player. That's. I'm just not tall enough. <laughs> I don't know, man. It, it, there's never really been a plan B, which is actually terrible because uh, <laughs> you just don't do that. And anybody, any kid that getting into wrestling now, my first thing I say is make sure you have another another option. You know, go to school or do something. Um, I, it was always wrestling for me, man. Like, I graduated a year early, and Nick went to homeschool just so we can focus on wrestling, you know. And uh, I, life without it is just a scary thing for me. And uh, I, I honestly don't know how to answer that. <laughs> Maybe I would have <laughs> stuck in the uh, – with my dad. My dad has his own family business with general contract. He's a general contractor. Maybe I'd be doing that. I don't know. It's just – it's scary to even think about not doing this because this is all I know, so – and uh, our final question is from John. He says, who is better at the air guitar? I don't know why he asked this, but... <laughs> <laughs> I think we're uh, equally terrible. <laughs> I think I think we're equally bad, and that's what makes it amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's funny. Uh, Matt used to play some bass guitar, though. Oh, I was awful. I was so, I was so rotten. <laughs> like, yeah. I think... I, has there ever really been a good air guitarist though? Like the whole point of it is, you look like a moron, and you know, like who's ever said, "Oh my God, that guy's got a." Though. <laughs> there are competitions. There are competitions. Yeah, I think there is actually. But uh, I used to be a. Well, I, I used to uh, play the drums pretty well, but that's not playing guitar. So I don't count. <laughs> I, just, I, I just don't think anybody's ever said, "Oh my God, that guy is a great air guitarist." You know what I mean? Like, just, everybody looks. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> We're all pretending though. Like anyone good at air guitar should just be playing regular guitar. You know what I mean? Like I don't think it's something yeah. to brag about. Pretending to do so. Well, I mean that's what we do for a living. So. <laughs> we, pretend to, yeah. we pretend to fight. So who, who am I to say those professional air guitarists go for it, guys? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, on that note, that uh, brings an end to the interview. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Yeah, no, no problem. problem. Um, how can fans sort of interact with you online? Do you have a website or Twitter? Yeah, uh, I have a Twitter. Uh, go follow me at Nick Jackson YB. I have a Twitter account. It's Matt Jackson One Three. I hardly talk about wrestling. I just joke about stupid stuff most of the time. 
Um, but go to our website, most importantly, theyoungbucks.net. If you buy a T-shirt or a photo or something, it goes directly to us. It helps us out. This is this is what we do. You know, I I feed my 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 baby and I put diapers on her by by selling those things. So I appreciate that. We also have a Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash the young bucks well yeah there we go so be sure to go and follow them on twitter and uh, check the website out thank you again for joining us and uh, we hope you all enjoyed the show